There will always be a special place in my heart for the movie musical and for the songs that create their most memorable moments. Here to perform the Oscar-nominated, gorgeously empowering song, Let It Go, from the Oscar-winning animated movie, Frozen, please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazeem. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. I didn't have any other audio clip, and I figured that that would be a fun one. Anyway, we are back for the back half of my predictions. No audio onslaught of clips coming your way. We are going to bing, bang, boom, go through all of these, the top 10 categories in a timely fashion so you can get on with your life. Here we go. Category one, we have best animated feature. The nominees for Best Animated Feature this year are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Now going into this, I had seen two of these, and just casually, like without even, like with, without the Oscar intentions, I saw a third, which were Luca and Raya and the Last Dragon I had seen ahead of time, and then... Just timing-wise, I didn't see Encanto until after all of these were nominated. But I didn't I didn't watch it because it was Oscar-nominated. I, I just watched it because everybody was talking about it. And then the last two, Flea and the Mitchell versus the Machines, I watched because of this. Now, this is an interesting category because I already know what I think the winner's going to be, which is Encanto, just because it's... You know, I, f I feel like when an animated movie stands just so high compared to the other ones, just in pop culture, like th it's easily this year's big animated movie. So I can't I can't see Encanto not winning. That being said, let's talk about these other ones. So Luca, I quite enjoyed. Luca is the Pixar entry on this list and Pixar usually stands high above all other animated ones but this one even though I liked it a lot I feel like it left me a little underwhelmed so I'm probably going to put Luca at number five now the Mitchells versus the Machines is one that I had never heard of going into this and it's a Netflix original it's also sony so it's sony and netflix um made the mitchells versus the machines and i was actually pleasantly surprised with that one the mitchells versus the machines used kind of the spider-man into the spider-verse type animation it's the only other movie since that one that i've seen that used that like and not exactly that but a similar type of animation where it really is unique and vibrant in telling the story so that one i'm gonna give the edge over luca just because of the visuals of it too um and you know what i'm actually gonna put the mitchells versus the machines at number two so i i was gonna put it at number four i think i'm actually gonna put that one at number two just behind encanto 
And I'm going to, so I put Luca at five. We're going to put Raya and the Last Dragon at four, just because I think the story's a little better in Raya and the Last Dragon. And that one, actually, scrap it. I'm going to put Flea at number four. Raya and the Last Dragon at number three. Mitchell's and the Machines at number two. And Encanto at number one. Now, Flea is the most interesting movie on this list because it's it's three things. It is an animated movie, it is a documentary, and it is a foreign language film, so an international film. And it's nominated in all three categories. Now, going into this, that just just the fact that it was all three of those things together intrigued me so much that I was very excited to watch this movie. Having watched it, I think that in sort of doing all three, not that being in a different language is like a thing, but in in like putting its egg in all three baskets, I don't think it really shined high enough to win any of the categories. Which is sad because I think I think it was a good a good thought. But I feel like because it's not a story-based animated movie, it doesn't it doesn't shine as much in animation. Like the animation, it's it's cool that it's in animation, but not that that isn't like a pivotal like shining part of it. Like the, the animation's okay. And it's it's kind of, you know, stop motion-y, but not like claymation stop motion-y, but just like you know, Saturday morning kind of cartoony, stop motiony. And then as far as a documentary, it's that's probably where it shines the highest out of the three is in the documentary. But it's tricky because he the the character, excuse me, the subject of the documentary needs to remain anonymous, which is sort of why they put it in this animation, is because they could use the voice, but they couldn't show who he was. The subject of the documentary was a kid who was born in Afghanistan and tried to flee to escape Afghanistan before he turned, you know, 14-ish, so that he didn't get sort of drafted into the army at a really young age because he didn't want to do that. And so he he flees to Russia, and then Russia's just as sort of hostile an environment for him to, to grow up in. So he tries to go from Russia to Switzerland, or, or, or like a, a, a more neutral sort of living arrangement. But if, if, he, if he or his family gets caught at any point, they're just going to get dragged back to Russia and back to Afghanistan. So... The documentary part is where, if anything, this movie shines, but because of just the, almost the unreliable narration that's happening, it it's a little bit confusing at times, or maybe not hard to follow, but you think some things are some things, and then they turn out to be slightly different, so it's like, it's tricky because you're you're trying to like follow a documentary and get the story, but it's it's sort of evolving as you're watching it, which probably could have maybe 
been fixed in editing or maybe that's part of it that some people will like but to me it was like like after watching it i was trying to piece together whether it actually was good or just the the ups and downs of it like amounted to what it tried to amount to if that makes sense like i didn't i didn't want to feel tricked like they tricked me into thinking it was heavier than it was just because they had lied at certain points but anyway or they misled uh, they don't say they outright lied because a lot of it is is his memory's not quite as crisp and he's been lying for so long that he doesn't know when to stop so like thinking about it long term i enjoyed it but not enough to rank it higher than other movies in any of these three categories but we're still talking about animation and so let me recap what i've decided is that encanto was number one the Mitchells versus the Machines was a surprising number two for me. I'm going to put Flea at number three, just because it is kind of an interesting concept, and I did just spend a few minutes, what seems, talking about it. And then Raya and the Last Dragon at number four, and Luca at number five. Locking it in. Up next, we have Best International Feature. Now, this is another easy one, because... In here, we have an, a movie that is also nominated for Best Picture. And it's rare, and by rare I mean it's never happened, that two movies have been nominated from the Best International Feature category to be a Best Picture. And that would be the only circumstance where you'd have to pick between the two which was going to win Best International Feature. But... Because one of these movies was nominated for Best Picture and the other four weren't, it's pretty obvious that that movie's going to win this category. So we're going to give Best International Feature to the first box on this list, which is Drive My Car, which is the nominee from Japan. The other nominees, as I mentioned before, we have the animated documentary from Denmark called Flea. We have a movie called The Hand of God from Italy. We have a movie called Lunana, A Yak in a Classroom from Bhutan. And a movie called The Worst Person in the World from Norway. Now, this is the first time that I've actually watched all the entire international feature category. And to me, this category almost feels like, like a secondary best picture category because that's that's essentially what it is is the the thing that these movies have in common is just that they they're not in english they're they're from a different country but you're still trying to pick the best picture out of just a different subset of movies and saying that i really liked all five of these movies i am going to still give drive my car number one but you know that might not have been as obvious a pick i think if it wasn't you know a best picture nominee like if you had if you had asked me which of these five are we gonna put into the best picture nominee i i don't know i can't say for certain i mean we'll never know but i can't say for certain that i would have picked drive my car as the one that made it 
So I've already talked about Flea a little bit. So the next movie on the list is The Hand of God, which is, it follows like a retelling of the filmmaker, so the, the, the person who directed it, a retelling of his life as like a teenager growing up. So the sort of the things that inspired him to become a filmmaker. And it's it's pretty much his story, but it's it's also warped through like how he remembers things. So so a lot of parts are sort of exaggerated. This is the nominee from Italy. The next one, Lunana, a yak in the classroom, is one that just the title made me laugh and I, wa- I wasn't, like, super interested. Like, I wasn't hyping up watching this one. This was kind of just, like, a casual, like, sounds like it might be boring or, like, something I would have to try and, like, force myself to get through. But this one was, and maybe just because it was shorter than some of the other ones, cough, drive my car, three hours, cough. Uh, but... Lunana Yak in the Classroom was was the story of a teacher, like a, uh, a young teacher who wants to quit teaching to be a musician. And in his last year of teaching, he's contracted through the government, so he has to finish his contract. So he his assignment is he gets sent to the most remote school in the world, or maybe in the country. But it's it's literally like a three days hike to get there. Like, there's no roads that go to this village. The, cla- the the school is one room. The town has, including kids and adults, it has 56 people in it. So the class is like, and like the, whole, the entire school is just like, you know, seven or eight kids. All of varying ages. And they, the, like, the, the building doesn't have a chalkboard and all sorts of stuff. So he he's going from, you know, city life to zero amenities and zero ways to get any amenities and his his whole sort of life is is shaken and i really liked this movie a lot and finally we have the worst person in the world which is sort of a 12 part chaptered story about a girl who's probably 24 ish and she has all the potential in the world she's she's on track to be like a doctor or some some prestigious career, and then she just keeps changing her mind about what she does. She's like halfway through medical school, she's about to finish, and she's like, actually, I want to be a photographer, or actually, I want to be this or this. And then she she changes her mind so many times, and this is all in the prologue. She changes her mind so many times that when the movie starts, or when chapter one starts, she's kind of just like ready to. She, like, she's a little bit aimless, so she's ready to sort of be carried away in whatever direction sort of life chooses for her. So it's it's just a, it's a few years of, of her life telling the stories about, like, where she goes and how she sort of finds herself. And despite the title, there's less worst person in the world vibes than... I expected. I expected her to like be more obviously the worst person in the world, sort of like the show Fleabag. I don't know if you've ever seen Fleabag, but that one, that one, it's like it, it, it sort of highlights like all the terrible things she does. But this person, I was like, you're not doing terrible things. You just you gave up a lot early on in life when you weren't sure, and then, and now you're finding your way. Like 
and maybe maybe I'm misremembering some things, but to me, nothing seemed like a horrible choice or like a malicious choice that that was made. But that being said, I liked all, all, all these movies a lot. If I had to rank them, I would probably still put Drive My Car at number one. And again, this is the best picture sort of leaning. For me, I would put Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom at number two, just because that one surprised me the most as, as to how much I enjoyed it. Um, up third, I would put The Worst Person in the World because I really liked watching that one too. It made me laugh at many points. Um, the Hand of God, I will put at number four. And Flea, I will put at number five. Locking it in. All right, up next, we have Best Documentary Feature. And now, as of recording this, I have not, um, full disclosure, I have not seen all five of these movies. This was the one, going into, going into today, this was the one out of all 38 possible movies I could have seen that was not playing anywhere. But, as a wonderful turn of events... As of today, I do have the ability to rent it on Apple TV or Vudu or however I just perchance happened to find that it was on Vudu first. So I actually purchased it on Vudu with the intent to watch it within the next few days. But I'm going to make my prediction anyway, despite the fact that... I have not seen one of the five movies. Now, I'm, there's, a, there's a solid chance that I'm going to watch it before I record the Best Picture episode, where I make my prediction for Best Picture based on how the rest of these results fall. And if, if my ranking changes as a result, I will let you know. That being said, none of these five movies for best documentary picture are nominated for best picture because I don't even know if that's ever happened before. So it's going to have zero effect on the next episode. And pretty much it's just for my personal enjoyment and my win ratio, like how many of these categories I get correct as to whether I... Like, th that, as to whether this movie's even gonna sort of matter in the long term. So if it's not better than the one that I'm gonna pick, then, oh well. But, who knows, it could be. Could throw off my ratio. Anyway, that being said, let's read off the nominees. So for best documentary feature, we have Ascension, Attica, Flea, which I've already mentioned before, Summer of Soul, and Writing with Fire, which is the one I haven't seen yet. Yet. I'm going to be able to see them all. I'm very excited about that. Anyway, so I already know which one I'm going to pick, and I actually know pretty much the order so far that I'm going to pick. We'll put Writing with Fire at a tentative fifth place, just because I haven't seen it yet. Um, number four, I'm going to put Flea. Just because, just for, as I said before, sort of the, the unreliable narrator nature of it makes it less appealing to me as a documentary, which is supposed to be something that, you know, 
is pretty accurate for the most part. So that one's kind of told in an opinionative kind of way, just because it's... Anyway, so number three, we're going to put the movie Ascension. Now, Ascension is a movie that doesn't have any sort of talking head pieces to it, which is where they interview somebody about sort of an event or their opinion or something. So this is, it is all just footage of various levels of Chinese manufacturing or different Chinese jobs, like different levels of Chinese jobs. So the the way it's described is... A cinematic exploration of the pursuit of the Chinese dream. So it starts off in sort of like a, you know, a town square or market square kind of situation where there's a guy and he's like, I need three people to do this or something. And then people, you know, raise their hand and everybody's trying to trying to bid on the jobs. And usually it's something really crappy. And so it starts off sort of at the bottom of the barrel job market and it works its way up through like what would be the next level that that somebody would try to achieve? Like, what's the hierarchy of jobs? And, and, it, and it keeps moving up. And it's all pretty much just footage of actual sort of people working in their, in their jobs without any sort of, you know, bias or opinion or message. It's, it's just you are watching it happen and you're drawing your own conclusions as to what sort of the message or the, the impression that you are getting from from the, the different levels of, of sort of, you know, employment. So, I mean, it was interesting, but the other two documentaries on this list sort of impacted me a little bit more. So next up, at number two spot, we have Attica, which was sort of a little horrifying to watch which was sort of about the Attica prison system and how for, I want to say, a week or maybe it was like a little bit longer than that, like eight days or something. I just fact-checked it. It was actually five days. So the five a five-day period where the prisoners sort of took over the system and tried to demand better living conditions, and it ended with just a giant massacre of just the the police and the guards and whatever sort of armed forces just massacring from like up atop the walls into the yard just a bunch of prisoners it was horrifying to watch um and i will say the first you know two-thirds of it were a little slow and dry for me but that last third where where the the tension really rose and it came to a swift violent conclusion it 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 hit really hard is all i'll say that that one that one i was i was a little bored in the beginning and then and then towards at the end because i didn't i didn't actually have a frame of reference as to what was going to happen so when it did happen it was really a shock to my system so that one easily gets number two number one is going to Summer of Soul, which is one of two documentaries that came out last year. The other of which is actually a miniseries, which is why it wasn't nominated for Best Oscar or in the Academy Awards, because it's only for movies. I assume it's going to win Emmys, but the other one is 
the the Beatles docu series called called Get Back. And both of these documentaries or docu series start the same way, which is it starts with sort of a little little disclaimer that says this footage was shot 50 years ago and pretty much sat on a shelf, not being used, never been seen before until now. Which I don't know if you caught my little homage to that in the beginning of this whole journey, but that's pretty much what what it was a reference to was the two docu series that was pretty pretty much was just old footage that had been sitting on a shelf for 50 years and turns out to be maybe some of the most impressive footage like capturing a time and a place and a feeling that you'll ever see like the Be- the Beatles one is should probably be required viewing for everybody forever because it's it's such historic footage like you're seeing the moments that those songs are being written and you're like the the whole process of where it started as just like a little inkling in their brain to the finished result and you see the whole process happen in that one for summer of soul summer of soul follows the Harlem Cultural Festival, which was a music festival that was happening the same time as Woodstock. But everybody knows about Woodstock and nobody talks about the Harlem Cultural Festival because it happened during the same summer and the other one got all the press, but also because the moon landing happened at the same time as the Harlem Cultural Festival. So, yeah. And not to mention, you know, just the general horrible nature that we've treated black people in america forever that this wasn't sort of on anybody's radar or it was at the time briefly and then quickly everybody just chose to forget about it because that's how we treat minorities in this country but whatever not getting political but anyway (laughs) but it's such it's so cool to see all of the huge huge stars and the important and you know still rings in my brain music that came out of all in the same summer like all it's crazy that all this music was happening at the same time and not only that but you get to sort of do like a mini deep dive into the huge bands and artists that were at the harlem cultural festival and it was just it's 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 again, it's crazy that this footage has been out there this whole time and nobody had ever done anything with it. And I, it, it was just exciting for me to get to witness that. So, so that's my ranking for best documentary feature. We're going with a tentative five for Writing with Fire, Flea at number four, Ascension at number three, Attica at number two, and Summer of Soul at number one. Locking it in. All right. Up next, you know what? I'm going to skip right to a big one. Just because I want to do the acting ones last. So up next, we're going to do Best Director. All right. So for Best Director, we have Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. We have Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. We've got Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Ryusuke... Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, 
and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. And here's another one where I think I know exactly who I'm going to give it to. But it's also a little disappointing because it should have been Denis Villeneuve for Dune. But it's not going to be because he wasn't nominated. Alright, here's my breakdown. In fifth place, we're going to do Drive My Car. To me, this is the one that didn't seem like it should have been nominated over Dune, but it was so but i can't figure out why i'm not exactly sure why this one was nominated for best director so this one's easily going in my number five spot up next i'm going to do steven spielberg in west side story because even though steven spielberg is an awesome director and we all know that i don't think this is his best work and to me, West Side Story was just a movie that I didn't really think of as deserving sort of all of the accolades that it has gotten for this. I mean, it's nice, but it's, I don't know, it's falling flat for me. In third place, I'm going to put Belfast for Kenneth Branagh. And this one in the Belfast episode, I described how like there was a lot of really good directorial shots where you, you'd see the, like, the kid in the foreground and the parents in the background and he's like eavesdropping on them. There were a lot of good shots like that. There were like an equal amount of really ones that took me out of the, the viewing experience. Like there were really close ups on faces and, and things that just sort of really slowed the momentum of the experience you were having. So I'm going to put that one at number three. Number two, so right now it's between The Power of the Dog and Licorice Pizza. I'm going to give it to Licorice Pizza, I think. This one I just enjoyed more than Power of the Dog. I don't think The Power of the Dog is should be getting as much hype as it is, which is probably just me saying I'm okay with being wrong, but whatever. I'm, yeah, so I'm going to put Power of the Dog at number two. Because it was it was good directing and visual storytelling, but not enough. So we're putting that one at number two. And Licorice Pizza just, it's so perfect the whole time. So I'm going to lock it in. Boom, locked in. All right, up next we are going to do Best Supporting Actress. Now for this one, we have Jesse Buckley from The Lost Daughter. The Lost Daughter is a movie that I did not enjoy, which is about a mother and both both versions of the mother. So a young version of the mother and the old version of the mother are both nominated for best acting, which I don't really see. I wasn't on board, but this movie is about pretty much a daughter or not a daughter, a mother and she has a dysfunctional relationship with her daughter, but it's not about that. It's about how that dysfunctional relationship interferes with just her reactions with other people and other mothers and daughters. And it's really creepy and I did not enjoy it. So not a recommendation for me. So Jesse Buckley from The Lost Daughter, who I'll probably just put in last right off the bat. We have Ariana DeBossi from West Side Story. We've got Judy Dench from Belfast. 
Kirsten Dunst from The Power of the Dog, and Anjanu Ellis from King Richard. Now, as I said, Jesse Buckley for the daughter is, or the lost daughter, is an easy number five. I'm going to put Judy Dench from Belfast as number four, just because it was good, but it wasn't like, it didn't stand out to me. Like, it, it was enjoyable, it was unique, but it, it wasn't, like, the best thing I had seen. Like, like I had mentioned in the the Tragedy of Macbeth, there was, there was uh, an actress in that one who I was like, oh, you should nominate her for Best Supporting Actress, and... This didn't hold a candle to that, is what I'm saying. Um, so we have Ariana DeBose from West Side Story, Christian Dunst, and Anjanu Ellis from King Richard. I'm going to put Anjanu Ellis as number three from King Richard. So she plays um, Venus and Serena's mother in that one. If it was one of the daughters, I feel like I would have probably considered it higher but to me the mother in the movie didn't stand out quite as much as they did so between kirsten dunst and ariana debasi i'm gonna go with kirsten dunst in the number one so ariana debasi will be number two in that one locking it in all right, up next, we have Best Supporting Actor. And for this one, we have Kieran Hines from Belfast. He plays the pop opposite the grandmother, who was Judy Dench. So Kieran Hines in Belfast. We have Troy Kotzer in Coda. Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos. And Cody Smith-McPhee in the power of the dog as well so we've got two for the power of the dog which is fun always fun little little infighting going on so now jk simmons from being the ricardo so he didn't stand out as like great in that movie to me so i'm probably gonna put him i'm gonna put him at four i'm actually gonna put kieran hines from belfast at number five because you know the grandparents are good but they're not like they're good in that movie, but they're not better in respect to that movie than these other people are with respect to their movies. So I'm going to put Kieran Hines from Belfast at number five. I'm going to put J.K. Simmons at number four because he's it's a very subtle role, so there's not a lot of hard acting moments in it. So it doesn't really stand out to me that much. Um, now, two and three are both going to go to... The power of the dog people because i already know troy kotzer from coda is going to get number one he's so good in this movie he, he was the one where i saw it and i was like that's going to be a hard one to follow or to to stand up against this was one of the awards where i knew like sort of like dune with cinematography this is one that i knew it was going to be him pretty obviously um compared comparing the Jesse Plemons and Cody Schmidt McPhee from The Power of the Dog. I would put Cody Schmidt McPhee at number two and Jesse Plemons at number three. There we go. Locking it in. 
All right, now before we get to the two top acting awards, we are gonna go with the screenplay awards. So up first, we have best adapted screenplay. For best adapted screenplay, we have Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and Power of a Dog. Now I already know that The Lost Daughter is gonna be my number five because I did not like that movie like at all, really. Power of the Dog, I didn't care for that movie either, so I'm going to put that one at number four. Drive My Car was a little slow and long, and even though Haruki Murakami is one of my favorite authors, these people adapting his work aren't, and, you know, I didn't really care for it too much either. So I'm going to put that one at number three. I'm going to put, so we are down to Coda and Dune. Now, I love Dune. And this movie made me so happy that it was easy to follow for a casual viewer. Whereas Coda, I don't know the source material, so I'm not sure sort of the work. And so I'm going to give Coda number two, and I'm going to put Dune as the winner for this one. I'm pretty confident with that. I'm locking it in. All right. Best original screenplay. Now, for best original screenplay, we have Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and a fun fifth one, which is The Worst Person in the World, which was that foreign film that I quite enjoyed. See, and this this is where I'm confused because, oh, I guess Drive My Car was nominated in Best Adapted Screenplay. But I was gonna say, this, this is the other, a different foreign film was nominated for this other award, so. But that being said, I'm, this is a tricky one. This, this is one of the harder categories just because a lot of these movies have really good scripts and stories Whew. i'm gonna put belfast at number five that's that's sort of like if like i was i was trying to pick which one immediately i think i would sort of kick to the side which would probably be belfast just because i didn't quite enjoy the ending as much it it kind of fell flat to me so i'm gonna put that one i'm gonna put king richard also lower so i'm gonna put that one at number four for a similar reason that one kind of fell flat at some parts too i mean a lot i love the whole thing but i like i mean i liked i liked pretty much all these movies in the in the best original screenplay category there were a few stinkers in the adapted but whatever um next okay so we have don't look up licorice pizza and the worst person in the world i'm gonna put the worst person in the world at number three. This is a, it's a it's a tight three. These these are these are all competing for pretty much number one. So so there's no shame in third for this race. So we're gonna put worst person in the world in number three. That one made me laugh a good chunk of times, but it didn't do what Don't Look Up did, which was shake me to my core and just horrify me every step of the way. I'm gonna put Don't Look Up at number two because it did that. And I'm gonna put Licorice Pizza at number one just because of all these movies, 
That one made me laugh the hardest just for the sheer insanity of all the things it was saying. And it was so funny. And even though it had a little weird ending, it it wasn't enough to, to deter me from the rest of it. So I'm, I'm going to put that one as a strong number one. I just like that movie a lot. And I didn't think I was going to. That's the other thing is is I saw the trailer and it it bamboozled me because I was like, this is going to be a, a something I'm going to have to get through, not something I'm going to enjoy the whole time. But anyway, licorice pizza, locking it in. All right, we are down to the last two categories: best actor and best actress. Now, I'm going to start with Best Actor because that's the one that I already know what the answer is. The nominees are Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith in King Richard, and Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Now, we already know this is going to be Will Smith, so I'm just going to lock him in at number one. Number five, I'm going to put as Benedict Cumberbatch. I, I, like I said in the Power of the Dog um, episode, I did not care for him in this role. It, to me, this the whole thing was a mess. But that's just me. Denzel Washington, I'm going to put at number four. Because although I like Denzel Washington, I'm not crazy for the being good at Shakespeare is enough to make me care because it's just not to me to me the Shakespeare takes me out of the acting like it's all I'm focused on is you know the rhythmic nature of the words and not so much the acting that you're bringing to it so like anybody can talk well but the the emotion behind it is sort of it gets distracted away for me so i'm gonna put denzel washington in macbeth for number four i'm gonna put andrew garfield at an easy number two just because i think he's actually com he's the only other one competing for number one with will smith but i do think will smith's gonna get it and then javier bardem in being the ricardos now i don't remember if i've talked about being the ricardos yet i don't think so being the ricardos is the story about how Lucille Ball was accused of being a communist because technically she is because she checked off a box when she was way younger than she is at the time. Um, and it's, it's sort of about like a five-day period where they're sort of at the edge of their seats wondering whether it's going to get leaked to the press that she's a communist and how people will react to it. And... They're currently filming I Love Lucy in that time frame, and it's just unsure whether the show is going to be able to survive or their careers are going to be able to survive, um, you know, the fact that she's a communist. So Javier Bardem plays Desi Arnaz, who's married to Lucille Ball at the time and is the co-star of I Love Lucy. And he's, he's just so great in that. He's so charismatic and... Javier Bardem's kind of killing it in, in like a pretty low-key way. But I feel like every movie he's in, even if it's like a James Bond type movie, which he was in, 
he he's always bringing something really powerful and unique to it. So Javier Bardem is someone to look out for. He'll probably get nominated a bunch more times, but he's going to be number three behind Andrew Garfield and Will Smith. Will Smith's going to get the win. He's going to get the W. Locking it in. Now, last category we have is Best Actress, which is the one where I'm not... I haven't decided yet, so... Let's decide together. We have Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter, which I already said I didn't like, so I'm just going to mark that one down as number five. We have Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, which is the one that kept me on the edge of my seat, despite the fact that I didn't really care for like the second half of the movie, but it like it really compelled me in the, in the first half. So I'm going to give her... A number four right right out of the bat I'm, I'm i'm doing this before i have even read off all of the names so the the fourth name is nicole kidman in being the ricardos this is definitely a competitor for number one i think all three of these other ones the last of which being kristen kristen not kirsten kristen stewart in spencer so kristen stewart's playing princess die nicole kidman's playing Lucille Ball, and Jessica Chastain's fang, Jessica Chastain is playing Tammy Faye. So, three people playing three famous people. <laughs> three famous people playing three famous people. And who who is gonna be who's gonna come out on top of this? I think I think they all all three of these transformations are incredible. It, I could not, like, I couldn't imagine, it didn't occur to me that these, all three of these people, when you're watching them in this movie, you do not think, oh, I'm watching Kristen Stewart, oh, I'm watching Nicole Kidman, oh, I'm watching Jessica Chastain. You think you're watching Princess Die. you think you're watching Lucille Ball, you think you're watching Tammy Faye. And I don't have a great reference to who these people were. Just they were a little bit before my time. Not to, not to toot my own young horn, but... Um, so I, I didn't quite have the I saw them on the news or interviews with them sort of comparison to make, but they really got into the role. So I didn't, I didn't picture this person playing this person. It was just they became that person to me. All three of them did incredible. I'm going to put... I'm going to put Nicole Kidman at number three. Even though I love being the Ricardos, I love that movie. I think everybody should watch it. It was really fun. I'm going to put that one at number three. I think I'm going to put Kristen Stewart as Princess Di in the second spot and Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye at the number one spot. The transformation that she does, and she does it over, like years so like the other two nicole kidman kristen stewart theirs all takes place like over a weekend like a three-day period so they're the same character pretty much throughout that journey but jessica chastain's playing her over the course of like 20 years so it's like how does she change from the first time you meet her to two years in five years in ten years in her at like 20 years later it's i i think jessica chastain just doing that whole journey is is going to give her the the win. 
And so for that one, I'm locking it in. And with that, we have done all 19 categories across these two episodes. Let us recap the whole shebang. So for best song, we have Encanto. Best score, we have Encanto. Best sound, we have Dune. Best costume design, we have Dune. Best hair and makeup, we have The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Production design, we have Dune. Film editing, we have Tick, Tick, Boom. Visual effects, we have Dune. Cinematography, we have Dune. Encanto for best animated feature, which I'm pretty sure means Encanto gets three out of three. Just saying. Best international feature, we have Drive My Car, obviously. Best documentary feature, we have Summer of Soul. Best actor, we have Will Smith in King Richard. Best actress, we have Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Best supporting actor, we have Troy Kotzer in Coda. Best supporting actress, we have Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog. Best original screenplay, we have Licorice Pizza. Best adapted screenplay, we have Dune. And best director, we have Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. And that's it. Those are my 19. Now, what I'm going to do now is look back at the numbers. I'm going to use my spreadsheet. I'm going to come up with some assumptions. I'm going to calculate how these movies are doing compared to how those analytics work. And I'm going to rank them and see which one is going to come out on top for best picture but you'll have to wait to find that out. And of course, as I said, I will let you know how this last documentary goes and see if I need to update the best documentary feature guess that I'm gonna make. Unlikely, but we'll see. Let you know where it stands in the ranking. But until next time, have a nice day.